On tonight's KRBD Evening Report, Ketchikan's Borough Mayor vetoes funding for a local LGBTQ organization. Plus, Ketchikan's City Mayor gets an honorary doctorate, and Ketchikan's City Council will consider auctioning off some vacant city property. All that and more coming up. First, let's take a look at the weather. Numerous rain showers tonight with lows around 40, southeast winds to 15 miles an hour. More of the same on Thursday with highs around 50 and southeast winds to 10 miles an hour. Mostly cloudy Thursday night, lows in the mid-30s and light winds. Chance rain showers Friday with highs around 50 and light winds. And partly cloudy Friday night with lows around 40 and light winds. It's the KRBD Evening Report. I'm Eric Stone. Ketchikan's Borough Mayor pledged on Monday to veto a roughly $1,600 grant to a local nonprofit organization focused on providing education and support to LGBTQ people. Ketchikan's Borough Assembly greenlit a wide range of grants to nonprofit community organizations on Monday in a package totaling nearly $390,000. The Ketchikan Pride Alliance told the borough's grant committee that it hoped to use the money to hold events, create a website, and gather data on Ketchikan's LGBTQ community. But Borough Mayor Rodney Dial said he was concerned that by by granting money to the organization, the borough would be funding a political cause. We're now taking um, and funding a new organization that um, a lot of people in this community would not want our, us spending our tax money um, supporting what they see as a social justice issue. And so I just I felt that it was a, d- a divisive thing for our community. Ketchikan Pride Alliance Vice President J.D. Martin said in an interview that the grant would fund three events, the organization's annual Pride Picnic in late June, plus two other outings yet to be determined, though at this point she says the group is not planning a parade. Martin takes issue with Dial's claim that the group is inherently political. She says the nonprofit's 501c3 status under the federal tax code prohibits it from weighing in on political issues. Nothing that we produce is political in nature. Um, And that's also very intentional on our part. We think the idea that LGBT people and our identities are inherently political is not correct. We are just people. Martin says LGBTQ people come from a variety of backgrounds and hold a wide range of political beliefs. The package of nonprofit grants passed Ketchikan's Assembly 6-0. A five-member supermajority of the Assembly could override Niles' veto. The Ketchikan Borough's Grants Committee, made up of two assembly members and three residents, received applications for more than $500,000 in community organization funding. The committee recommended holding funding flat for organizations that had previously received borough money and funding most new applications at 50% of the requested amount. Assembly member Jamie Palmer, who sits on the Grant Committee, defended the Ketchikan Pride Alliance grant. For the Pride Alliance, um, the idea of the borough's... um, strategic plan, including quality of life for all citizens on this island. And um, they met the requirement of education and wanting to have outreach events. And so that's where the thinking was there. Assemblymember Jeremy Bynum was the only member of the Assembly who indicated he would support removing Pride Alliance funding from the borough's budget. Dial has used his veto power sparingly since he was elected in 2019, but it's not the first time the borough mayor has objected to issues involving the LGBTQ community. He vetoed a non-binding resolution in 2020 asking the Alaska legislature to include gender identity and sexual orientation in the state's non-discrimination statute. The Assembly later overrode that veto. In other business, Ketchikan's Assembly voted 5-1 to one to fund all but approximately $350,000 of the school district's budget request. Ketchikan's school board had asked for $1.1 million more in borough funding than the previous year to pay down a deficit in its self-funded health insurance program. 
Bynum was the lone vote against the school district's budget. He said he wasn't convinced the school district had done enough to stabilize its insurance fund. This is pretty straightforward and simple in my book. If you want to run a health insurance plan and you don't want to go out and go on the market for it, you run it like a health insurance plan. That means that when costs go up, you raise premiums. Assemblymember David Landis floated the reduced figure as a compromise. It seems to me that some, some happy medium is what we're looking for. The reduction in funding allowed the Assembly to pass the school district's budget without a supermajority vote. The remainder of the borough's budget passed unanimously. It'll come back for a final vote May 16th. Finally, the Assembly voted to double the mayor's monthly pay to $1,000 and raise the Assembly's monthly stipends from $150 to $350. The new pay plan also doubles the per-meeting pay for Assembly members to $150. The increase in pay for the mayor passed 5-1 to one with Palmer opposed. The Assembly was evenly divided on increasing its own pay with Palmer, Bynum, and Assembly member Judith McQuarrie voting against. Dial cast the tie-breaking vote in favor. That measure also comes back for a public hearing May 16th. Reporting in Ketchikan, I'm Eric Stone. Ketchikan's city mayor received an honorary doctorate during the University of Alaska Southeast Ketchikan campus's commencement ceremony on April 30th. Kierbidi's Maria Dudzak has some highlights from the event. Ketchikan City Mayor Dave Kiefer was awarded an honorary doctorate at UAS Ketchikan's 2022 graduation ceremony held at the Ted Ferry Civic Center. UAS Chancellor Karen Carey said Kiefer has served his community in a wide variety of roles, including journalist, historian, teacher, poet, musician, and elected official. Currently the mayor of the city of Ketchikan, Kiefer previously served as a Ketchikan City Council member, borough mayor, and member of the borough assembly. He has also been an adjunct professor at UAS Ketchikan for 25 years. In other words, he's worn a lot of hats and Carrie said she was glad to bestow upon Kiefer a ceremonial hood signifying the honorary degree. Today we are proud to honor Dr. Kiefer with an honorary doctorate of humane letters. Regent Davies, would you please assist me in hooding Dr. Kiefer? In his short speech, the newly minted Dr. Dave Kiefer said he was glad to live in a community that allows anyone to be what they want to be. Best of all, Catch Can always managed to stick with me despite all the sudden lane changes that I've made over the years. It's never shied away from guiding me through all the bumpy rides. I thank the University of Alaska Southeast for this honor. I thank my family for supporting me and allowing me to do all these things. And I thank my community for making it possible for me to serve it in so many, many different and ultimately interesting ways. Amy Bauer, who graduated with a master's degree in education, gave the student address. After thanking the graduates, faculty, family, and friends, she thanked her program advisor, Lisa Richardson, saying everyone needs someone to help guide them along their path, though it may come with unexpected obstacles. You may have been on what you thought was the right path, only to find that you walked right into a hillside of Devil's Club. <laughs> And you have had to retrace your steps and start out again on another path. Bowers says her path has been one of shyness, doubt, and frustration. She offered encouragement to her fellow graduates. Move forward with faith, learn from your journey, and be willing to change course if needed. Understand that you're going to be faced with obstacles. Have faith 
and keep moving forward. This was the first in-person UAS Ketchikan commencement ceremony in two years. Ten of the 28 graduates were present to receive their diplomas. In Ketchikan, I'm Maria Dudzak. COVID cases are up in Ketchikan. State health officials reported 70 new cases of COVID-19 in Ketchikan in the past seven days in their latest report today. That's up 67% from 42 cases the week before and a 204% increase from two weeks ago. No new deaths linked to COVID-19 were reported in Ketchikan by the state health department. 21 COVID-19-related deaths have been reported in Ketchikan. For the Prince of Wales Hinder census area, state data shows 16 new cases in the past seven days. That's up from three the previous week. The state health department reports no new deaths linked to COVID-19 in the census area. Eight COVID-19-related deaths have been reported in the area that includes POW, Metlakatla, Hyder, and Cake. State COVID-19 data is updated weekly on Wednesdays and does not include at-home test results. There's more information at data.coronavirus.alaska.gov. Ketchikan's City Council is set to consider putting nearly a dozen city properties up for auction. The 11 vacant lots were foreclosed upon by the city for failure to pay taxes, according to a memo from Ketchikan's City Manager. Council members have discussed putting the lots up for auction with no minimum bid in an effort to address a shortage of housing within the community. If approved by the City Council on Thursday, the properties would go up for a live, in-person auction early next month, Ketchikan Public Works Director writes. In other business, mental health advocates in Ketchikan are scheduled to bring city leaders up to speed on their efforts to address the opioid epidemic in Ketchikan. The Ketchikan Wellness Coalition is slated to address the council Thursday evening. Ketchikan City Council meets at 7 p.m. Thursday in its City Hall chambers. There's time for public comment at the beginning of the meeting. The full agenda is available online. The meeting is broadcast on local cable channels and live streamed at the city's website. Southeast Representative Jonathan Christ Tompkins announced in March that he's not seeking re-election after serving for a decade in the State House. Two candidates have filed to fill that seat, representing Sitka, Petersburg, Yakutat, and Prince of Wales Island. KCAW's Catherine Rose spoke with Rebecca Hemshoot, a local educator and acting Sitka Assembly member, to learn why she's seeking a higher office. When I call Rebecca Hemshoot, she's on a 20-minute break at work. She's an education specialist at Keet Gushaheen Elementary in Sitka. She's taught at the elementary school for 18 years, but has 30 total years in education under her belt. Over the years, I've followed what's happening in Juneau and um, just kind of kept my head down and did the best I could for the 20-some kids in my classroom, and now as a specialist, I have 35 kids on my caseload, and I've just always put an emphasis on making things work for them the best I could, and over the years, I've noticed that there's so much more that we could be doing and that we need to be doing. Our schools and our kids reflect our community. Himshoot has a predilection for public service. She was a page in her home state of Iowa's House of Representatives and watched her father make a bid for a seat. Then when she got to Sitka over 30 years ago, she met Ben Grusendorf, an educator and one of the longest-serving members of the Alaska House. He was a teacher, and I wasn't sure that I was going to go into teaching, but I thought I was going to go into teaching, and I was so impressed. And I was kind of mentored a little bit by Ben, and he... um, he got me a position as a page in Juno as well. So in a way, I'm kind of going full circle here by wrapping back around. Himshoot was appointed to the state's Board of Education in 2016. And in October of 2020, she was elected to the Sitka Assembly. The Assembly is a nonpartisan body, but Himshoot says there's still diversity of opinion on it. And even so, they've managed to work together. The independent candidate hopes to take some of that energy to Juno with her. 
I think there's just some really important issues that we need to be working on. I think if we can take the same model our assembly uses, which is a productive, collaborative process, that's going to really help how things get done in Juneau. Our problems are too big to, to bicker. We need to get to work. Himshoot has a lot of ideas for how she can better serve Sitkins and voters as a state representative. Through her lens of education, she wants to focus on improving the health and quality of life for families in Southeast. You know, the thing that I know best is education, and so that's something that I talk about a lot. But we need to protect our, our small boat fisheries. We need to, um, you know, I even see some potential solutions at the statewide level for municipal solid waste. It's a huge issue, but it's not just our community. This is a region-wide thing that we need to work on, restoring ferry service that's reliable. There's a ton of stuff we need to do. Again, when I talk about education, I'm talking about the health of the community, and education isn't just what happens in schools. Himshoot is running to represent what was once House District 35. After some redistricting last year, the new House District 2 now includes a longer swath of the outer coast. It's a big area to cover, but Himshoot says she's ready to visit every community, from northernmost Yakutat, where she's never visited, to Petersburg, which she says she's fond of. She'll be going to the Little Norway Festival for the first time this summer. So there's um, a lot of visiting some really interesting places ahead and really interested in hearing. I feel like I really know Sitka's issues at this point. The assembly has been super informative. But I want to hear about how other communities are doing in the region and find out what their issues are. Himshoot will be taking a leave of absence from her work at Kikushahin in the fall. Her plan is to visit every District 2 community twice before the election in November. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. That's all for tonight's KRBD Evening Report. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Eric Stone.